0: Thank you. I want you to take your Bibles with me and go to Genesis, the second chapter. Genesis, the second chapter. The Lord, as I shared with you Wednesday night, those of you that were here, the Lord did, uh, spoke to me. And if you want to pray for me, I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, speak to that man. Speak to, man. Speak to me. Speak to as I'm asking the Lord to speak to you. But the reason I say that, there's nothing that energizes more than the voice of God. There's nothing that changes or transforms like the presence of the Lord when he speaks and when he begins to move. This morning, I'm going to share something else that came out of that meeting with God on Wednesday. Uh, During the time of prayer, I was praying and the Lord told me simply this you have to go back and listen to the message but you're going to hear it over and over and over again and that is this that a unified that God's spirit will pour out on a unified church there will be exponential increase when God's people are unified and what we begin to discover is that the kingdom of God as we pray lord give us an internal external focus that we may see a an internal eternal focus that we may see an external manifestation of the glory of God That folks that when we walk together in unity the atmosphere begins to change I'm not interested in church as usual I'm not interested in what I mean by that is I don't want to come and just sit and not experience God I, I don't want to come to a worship service where only my head is involved and my heart is never engaged. I'm interested in the power and the glory and the might and the grace and the mercy of God sweeping through you and through your family and through this community. I want you to you say may think well that's too far fetched for me. Then you may not be in the right house. But I, I encourage you to keep coming because I believe the Lord is going to change your heart and mind as He changes your spirit. And I believe God's going to bring us together in unity, so that we may begin to dream like the Lord dreams, and that is a glorious church. I want to dream His dreams. I'm, I'm I don't want my mundane dreams. I want His dreams, because the only thing that's going to heal our bodies is the glory of God. The only thing that's going to transform our families is the glory of God. We need the glory of the Lord resting in the house. Now I will say to you this: If you're not for the church, then you're for the devil let me tell you the anti-church people are the anti-christ people don't 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 be don't be shrouded with this idea that you uh, you got it all figured out and just you you're and no more no that's the spirit of the anti-christ is the spirit that is opposed to the church you say, well it's not the church I'm against I'm against organized religion well guess what Hear me, the church is the bride of Christ. And if you're against the church, then you're against God. Because upon that rock, God shall build his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. If you're against relationship, then that is anti-Christ spirit. Because the Lord is about relationship. Why do you believe the enemy has so bombarded your life with dysfunctional behavior and self-destructive behavior in order to destroy relationship? What do you believe the Spirit in the land is doing today? It's bringing fear and discord, trying to separate relationships in the body of Christ. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what side that you land on politically, medically, racially. What I say to you, let's land right in the middle of the cross and let's follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now, as we look at that, I want to show you something that came out of the prayer that I had with the Lord. And it's those of you that have been in life class, you're gonna, you've are you heard some of this. But got beyond my head into my heart as the Lord began to speak something to me. I want you to look in Genesis, the second chapter. And if you just got offended by the statements I made, then it was purposeful. Because we're not interested in discord. I'm not interested in my agenda or your agenda. I want his agenda. I'm interested in unity for the manifestation of the glory of God. I want to see unity on the stage. I want to see it in the pew. I want to see it at the back door, the front door, and the nursery, and the children's, and the girls' ministry, the men's ministry, the Hispanic ministry, the the ministry to the nations. I want to see unity unified. I want to see us mourn with those who mourn and celebrate with those who celebrate. I want to celebrate my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I know that I know that I know it is too late an hour to be goofing around with my thing. It's time that we get the Lord in the Lordship and follow after Jesus Christ. In our hearts, in our homes, you know what our issues, where they lie, and the reason why we're so anti-this and anti-that, is because we fail in the area of Lordship. You get the Lord in your ship, and I promise you, you'll stay afloat. All that was extra, so... Genesis 2 I want to show you something here in the time we have remaining and the Lord said it is not good that man should be alone I will make him a helper comparable to him out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field every bird of the air brought them to Adam to see what he would call them whatever adam called each living creature that was its name so adam gave names to all the cattle to the birds of the air to every beast of the field but for adam there was no was not found a helper comparable to him what does that tell you we are not animals folks we're not part of the animal kingdom we're made in the likeness of the image of God, and God's not an animal. I know you may have beast like tendencies, and some of your wives are saying, Have you not met my husband? Have you not sat down at the dinner table with him? He eats like a beast. I resemble that remark. But we are not beasts, there's no helper comparable. To God's created man and the Lord caused notice this the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept and he capital H took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place then the rib which the Lord had taken from man had made into a woman Brought her to the man. And he said, Woo! He didn't say it, but that's what he was experiencing, I promise you. When I met this girl over here, that was my thought Woo! And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, and they too, and be joined to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. Now I want you to, you can take time or just look at this. Ephesians 5 and 32. Here in, in Ephesians 5, Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus, He's speaking to us today he talks about a husband and a wife In verse 32 he said this is a great mystery but i speak to you concerning christ and the church christ and the church this morning i want you to know notice some parallels that we look at this as we look at this passage of scripture that a husband and wife was the natural portrait of Christ in the church as we look at that passage of Scripture what we see as Corinthian tells us Andrew touched on this morning I have it in my notes first that which is natural then that which is spiritual yes the heavens and the earth are created they were without form and void and darkness on the face of the deep God spoke and the worlds came into existence in the beginning was the word and the word was with god was god saying the beginning with god all things were made by the word not anything was made that was made we understand that by faith uh, uh, that things that are seen were made by things that do not appear we understand that but the lord gives us natural portraits so that we don't miss what god is doing in and around us but what we see here is the lord said it's not good for man to be alone relationship from the beginning it is not good for man to be alone who created relationship the father son and holy spirit have been in relationship through before time began in time and after time ends in all time there will be a relationship between the father the son and the holy spirit But the Lord so wanted relationship with you and I that he made us into his image and that he brought us into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? That we may be eternally in relationship with the Lord everything we have flows through relationship everything that we will accomplish will be a result of relationship and if you are now at a place and you feel like you should be isolated and alone then you need to check the spirit by which is trying to guide you away from the fullness of God there's no lone ranger ministries or callings in the in the world today it is relationship that God has called us to so as we look here what we see is relationship it's not good that man should be alone let's look around creation oh what you call this one Adam that's a dog that's a that's a canine a canianius I don't know come up with the scientific names some of you some of you folks out there said well just give me the dog and that's all I need Give me a cat, and I, I'll be satisfied. You'll be the crazy cat person. Any crazy cat people in here? Thank you. One honest person. But the Lord said there's—they're they're not comparable. They're not compatible. They're not of equal standing. You need someone to walk alongside you, Adam. Let me think about it. I, I will. I will. I will take your pinky toe from you and I will make woman because she is always going to be under you ladies come on help me with the interpretation let me tell you the, the whole idea of that the, the equality there the, the positioning there was was not that the woman would be under the man but one alongside, compatible. So your, your experience in life may have been one that has been corrupted or distorted because you have been treated badly, but that doesn't mean that that makes God bad. Amen? But what we also see is the woman wasn't made from the, from the top of the head to be over the man. Somebody told me this morning that your wife just, retired and decided that he's really going to get busy because he's been retired for a couple years now that list just keeps growing and growing and growing but we're in partnership right but it's not that the woman was meant to rule over the man but taken from the side to be in relationship and partnership but but there's a deeper revelation than that this morning It was a deep sleep that came over Adam. And in the process of that, a bride came forth. I'll show you a great mystery. When Jesus Christ lay in the tomb, when he slept, there's another version of the death, and they buried him. What came forth the bride Christ first that which is natural then that which is spiritual so that you don't miss it what we see there is that Adam was created from the dust of the earth every living creature was created from the dust of the earth but not the bride Eve came from Adam. The church came from Jesus. Church, just like Eve came out of Adam from his side. Church comes from Jesus out of his side. And they too shall be one. I would say to you today that the bride of Jesus Christ comes forth as a result of his death. When he slept, the church came out of, the bride of Christ came out of Christ because there was no other way, no other substance on earth could create the church. Hear me, Eve was not brought forth as a natural portrait. She was not brought forth from the dust of the earth, but she came forth from Adam, twice removed she was brought out to show you and i that she's not superior but she didn't come from the earth she came from adam so that we might see that the church of jesus christ does not come from anything earthly It comes from jesus christ himself brought out from him you cannot Be a bride of Christ without first Christ's consent, His direction, and you've got to accept the supernatural sacrifice that He made to enter into that relationship with Him. You can't show up on judgment day, say, I'm human, I'm here, please let me in. I'm the bride, I'm the bride, I'm the bride. No, you're not if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And Peter, upon this rock, upon this knowledge, upon this understanding that that I am the Christ. I am God in human flesh. I walk to the earth as a human. I die as a human. I will raise again as a human. And out of my humanity and sacrifice, I will bring forth a church. And there is no strength of hell that will ever prevail over her. it's time that we begin to understand the bridal identity the bridal identity you'll discover in Deuteronomy 20 that there is a list of excuses for those who can who can be exempt from war if you buy a piece of property and you don't dedicate it you're exempt you got one full year of exemption if you have planted a vineyard you get four years of exemption for planting that vineyard. I would be watching for a war coming up on the hills. Like I, I just planted a vineyard. I'm sorry, guys, I can't go. <laughs> the other, the other exemption from war would be if you were betrothed. You got engaged. You just. This is my fiance. Oh, I'm not going to go there. I'm not gonna go there you ask me later I'll tell you but I, I'm, I'm on I'm not just no no hush okay you drew it out of me you it to anyway I know I don't know where he came from let me tell you fiance is usually code and today is that we're shacked up that's not this okay that's not this to be engaged means that you're waiting to be in covenant with with your mate amen that, that you enter into a relationship with with the individual under a covering and a canopy of of the love and the ordinances of god but let me tell you just because it feels good doesn't make it right amen so as we look here what we see is that if you're betrothed you you're engaged and you're going to get married uh, then you're exempt from going to war Jesus in Luke 14 He gives an invitation He tells a parable of an invitation of a great feast and it's just right after he's talking about a marriage but he is inviting he was talking about a parable of those being invited to a banquet and in that banquet they start giving excuses and the excuses are that they do not want their excuse from war from battle The Lord said, I'm not inviting you to a battle. I'm inviting you to a banquet. (laughs) See, when the Lord gives an invitation to the person, he's not inviting you to a battle. He's inviting you to enter in to the banquet that's already set before you. A table set before you before you in the presence of your enemy there is a great feast that is coming hear me today God is giving an invitation for a war that's already been won on Calvary but yet there are excuses being made because we don't want to enter into that relationship because what we see is there's gonna be warfare there's gonna be a battle God said I didn't invite you to a battle I invited you to a banquet Stop making war excuses and step into this relationship that I have for you. Let me tell you, the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ can be seen as you overlay the Word of God through Christology. You can see the bride of Christ there in the book of Ruth as she is there gleaning in the field. As she's gleaning in the field, she is following after the servants. And she could probably look off in the distance and see the great house that is there. But she came as a foreigner into the land. And as she came as a foreigner into the land. She did not have at that moment a bridal identity. But when she came into relationship with the Redeemer... The field that she was gleaning in would be her field. The servant she was following would become her servant. And the house that she could only look at would be the place of her dwelling. Why? Because she came in a relationship with the Redeemer. It is time the church understands the value that the Lord Jesus Christ lays upon her. If You begin to understand bridal identity and you understand that when you speak against the church you are speaking against the bride of Christ. And that is an anti-Christ spirit that has infiltrated your mind and twisted your thoughts. I do not excuse those who hurt you in times past, but you cannot judge the house of God and the bride of Christ according to man's failures. You've got to go to Jesus and not just go to church you need to be the church when you begin to understand the value the value the value that Christ Jesus places upon you can we get personal here I'm not talking to your neighbor right now I'm talking to you individually Christ died for you he died for you Why is it going to be such a sad day for those that did not accept that sacrifice? Because they're going to see the nail scars in his hands. They're going to see the nail scars in his feet. They're going to see the pierce in his side. They're going to see him one day, and they're going to know that everything that they were told about him that was erroneous, is going to be lifted through the light of His radiance and His glory. And they're going to know that they know that they know. And there's going to be such weeping and wailing because the price had been paid and they did not accept it. What the Lord spoke to me in prayer is this, that just as Jesus entered to Mary and came forth through the womb the Lord is looking and has brought the church to the place where the bride will be reproduced because we see that we're no longer barren we are bearing fruit in Christ Jesus to bring souls into the kingdom of God my heart's desire this morning it's not that you leave here angry upset but did you leave here knowing that God Almighty loves you and that it's time that we stop battling and we start entering into that banquet feast that God has before us Amen. that we not only find forgiveness but we give forgiveness through the power of his of the, of the cross That we enter into that relationship with him and we understand. Let me tell you, don't come to me talking about my kids. I'll forget how sanctified I am. One statement I could never stand to hear is, well, those preacher's kids are the worst. You better be running when you say that. And don't talk about my bride. You can slap me, spit at me, and do whatever you want to, but don't lay hands or talk about my bride. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a discussion. And you think I'm joking, but I'm not. <laughs> but see, I believe that the Lord has never been as passionate and more so about his bride. How do I know? Paul, Paul. Why? What are you doing, son? hard for you to kick against the goats see when the enemy comes against you the Lord takes it personal the Lord takes it personal because you are his bride if you have been born again so don't tell me how bad the church is that's if you call yourself the church that's just self-inflicted behavior and it's self-destructive we are called to be a part of the body of Christ the bride of Jesus Christ you are valued you are loved and the Lord wants you to walk in that field of blessing and those things that you've been serving to now serve the kingdom and the house that you've been looking at this the house He wants you to live in. You are the bride of Christ. Say, preacher, that's kind of creepy. I'm a man. Let me tell you, ladies, if you can be a son, then I can be a bride. Amen? But see, the Lord left his church on earth. I don't understand many times the Lord's confidence he puts in us. When we think about Job and we say, you know, look at the faith God that Job had in the Lord. But then we got to look at the fact, look at the faith that God had in Job. But see, the Lord knows His spirit that lives in you and he knows how far he can reach through you and he knows the value that he's placed on you every voice in your head that has ever said that you're worthless that you're no good that you'll never mount to anything is the very witness That the enemy is threatened by you. that. That the Lord believes the very opposite of that about you. You are loved. You're redeemed. You're rewarded. You're elevated. And if you were the only one on earth, Jesus would have came. I want you to bow your heads with me, if you will. Worship team, make your way up, if you will. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those hearts. Who are fully committed to him. Andrew Murray said this, the life of Christ waits for our consent to gain possession and mastery of our whole life. I didn't understand that statement because all I knew was a natural realm All I knew was the hurt and the pain and the shame and the regret of what I had done and what was done to me. All I could hear was the voices of my past telling me how useless and no good I was. That I would never amount to anything. I would have a struggle for years even after conversion. To discover that that insidious insecurity was not humility. It was the destructive behavior that had been planted in my heart by the enemy. And it was a challenge for me personally to believe. God really cared that much about me. But when I begin to understand that his sacrifice is personal, that what he did for all he's done for me, then I enter into a personal relationship with the Lord. He didn't he didn't show me before, he showed me after. As I'm laying in my bed at 711 Jefferson Street, and I'm crying out to God, I'm saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I just felt such deep, overwhelming conviction on my heart. And I'm just, I said, Lord, I, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to live this life. I, I, Lord, save me. And then my my prayer shifted to, Lord, either save me or kill me. Lord, I can't stay this way. Lord, deliver me from myself. Deliver me from the devil. Deliver me from my past. The Lord said, if you will surrender all, I don't know how to do that, Lord. Just give me everything, your past, your present, your future. Just surrender. Jump and I will catch you. The Lord gave me an image when I was standing on a dam, and don't do this. We as goofy teenagers used to crawl up on this big dam, and it was 40, 50 foot in the air over a lake, and we would jump. It wasn't enough just to jump off the edge. We had to crawl up by the barbed wire fence and the place where they try to secure stupid teenagers from getting up there. And so we're inching over, and you got to avoid that tree that's sitting right down there, and you got to get all the way out on the edge, and you got to crawl like Spider Man. And then if you don't jump, then you're a. I was going to say wuss, but anyway, I'm sure that's that's not a good word. And the Lord brought me to that edge. He said son just like you jump off of that leave everything behind that's what I need for you to do so I jumped and I said Lord I surrender all and when I gave him everything that is when I discovered everything in God what I couldn't do before I could do now because now he's Lord Would you stand this morning? Would you stand?